<laughs> Jesus Christ. I, you like that, huh? I lead in with that. I tell you horrible things what about a, the Harkonnen. What a way to start. You did, The crowd don't even get it. It's <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. So <laughs> I might as well start this one out because it's going to be kind of rough on poor Mike. Oh, boy. Welcome to Don't Feed After Midnight. I'm Steve. And I am Mike. And Mike is being scarred because I'm telling you all about <laughs> House Harkonnen and Baron uh, Harkonnen from uh, Dune. So we're going to talk about the Dune trailer <laughs> dropped. And uh, Mike doesn't really know anything about Dune other than it's kind of cool. But I was just explaining to him exactly what the Baron does. <laughs> Why he's Jesus. so fat and has pus-filled stuff all over his body that gets has to be drained and uh oh, God, how he so uh, nasty to me <laughs> like he likes to like rape and kill young boys so he's uh he's a monster he's like literally a monster but the funny thing about baron harkonnen is that um when you go back in the history of the dune universe the harkonnens were actually heroes and the atreides were uh unscrupulous villains basically traitors you know and they one of their ancestors, spoiler city by the way. If you haven't read the books, there's like 13 freaking books. Um, Jesus, but like uh, that's just that was that. There's probably more now. Uh, like uh, since I since I said that, there's probably two more just came out. You know, <laughs> and then another short <laughs> just, just you in that sentence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Two yeah, more yeah. were published. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like it's it's nuts. But <laughs> I mean, before we start going into like Paul Atreides and, and what you're going to see in this movie, we got to remember that there's. Um, there's actually uh, two other instances where the story's been told on film. There might even be three, but I think there's only two. Um, Wasn't there a series? Yeah, they went sci-fi, and that was very good. Was that 09? Yeah. I don't know. I think it was even earlier than that. I think it was 2005 or something. It was Holy a long shit. time. Maybe about 09. That was Children of Dune, I think it was 09. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the one oh, that, yeah. Children of the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember well, The one that came out in 84... Um, was the one most people saw. Like, like Mike, are you eating chili cheese Fritos? Stop it! It's so good. <laughs> Don't eat chili cheese Fritos. Um, That's my mistake. I the 84 you. one, I have not seen. You haven't seen any Dune? No. Just shame on you. 
I, I, mean, I sent you a five minute video to brush up. You didn't even watch a five minute video. I know. You're too busy eating steak. It was so good. He made steak on a slab of salt. He's a good man. <laughs> The way you say it, just, on a slab of salt. He didn't even cook it. He you just rubbed on a slab of salt. And you ate bastard! It. You brutalized that salt. Oh, that was a good steak, though. Uh, no, yeah. it was really good. But yeah, Dune. I'm actually really excited as somebody that has no prior like knowledge of it. Yeah, yeah no expectations going into it. Seeing that trailer. I already love uh, Villanueva's movies. Like, oh, yeah. He's, like, in this decade proven with only just a few movies that he's, like, really capable. Um, I mean, Blade Runner 2049 is, like, one of my favorite movies of the last it's 10 years. It's a fantastic movie. It's, fantastic. And, and it pisses me off that people, like, didn't go to the theaters and it, see it. Same thing happened to the first one, though. And then it became a cult classic. You know, like... Yeah, I mean, 20 years from now, they'll say that 2049 is a better movie than the original. and it's And it won't be, but... That's still going to be the conversation. Oh, tangent, by the way. Uh, today, Shatner posted on Twitter. Like, he said, uh, somebody put, said Star Trek Four is the greatest movie ever. Or the, for the four <laughs> Star Trek movies, the greatest movie ever. And he said, yeah, uh, uh, much better than the fourth Star Wars movie. That sucked. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Where do you now, is get he off? saying the fourth chronologically or the fourth on release? I have like, no idea. Because if he needs episode four, he is he is high. Fucking, yeah, I was like, I was what? like, I just sent a, I put a gif on there. I said, <laughs> "People in glass houses, bitch." You know, because like <laughs> he's TJ fucking Hooker. Okay, he's, right. he's played one character over the past like you know eighty years of his life. You know, yeah, he plays William Shatner. Okay, he, he plays. William Shatner. Exactly. He's here in the studio, <laughs> like, ladies and gentlemen. William Shatner. But like, I'm like, come on, bitch. You know, that's ridiculous behavior. Anyway. Uh, sorry, I had to. That's pissing me off. Um, <laughs> ah, damn, Shatner. Um, but yeah, so you have the 84 Dune, which came out. Cool soundtrack, wild special effects. Not really popular with a lot of people because it wasn't really faithful to the book it's some yeah. stuff but you know he had to do an interpretation of it there's a, i didn't even see the extended version i don't think until i was probably like 19 or 20 um i think they had shown it like a director's cut or something and and was you're like, a child of the 80s so you, uh-huh. you like I, yeah well, I you were young when you saw the first uh i didn't even see it i think until i've rented it on vhs at uh blockbuster video oh boy i think in uh 92 or 93 okay and i was like huh dude my friends are like it's good watch it and i watch it i was like "Eh." it's okay (laughs) it's all right you know i mean i mean at that point i was like ass deep in star trek the next generation so i had a different expectation from my sci-fi yeah yeah but uh you had a finer taste uh uh-huh and that movie was like "Mm." but um it was interesting, and it's some of the stuff. The thing with Dune, like, it's you're starting off like midway through the story, like from the first, like this movie that's coming out, you're starting out midway through the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, it's like ten thousand years plus into the future. We're talking, I thought about twenty thousand years. I think I forget what it is, something like that. Um, I mean, like, but it's super far. It's we're we're past Earth. It, there's yeah, oh yeah, there's there's like basically it's 15,000 years of Dune canon get covered in the 13 novels that come out that have come Holy out. Holy fucking 15,000 years. It, the original 6 novels written by Frank Herbert and then 13 novels and 9 short stories written by um like his son and his son's collaborator. And they're they're good. good but it's stuff. a lot of lore there. Uh, like it's a ton. 
like there's a reason why you don't see robots. There's a reason why machines are banned because uh, basically humans, a, a quick general history of the, the Dune universe here, really, um, humans became decadent and lazy. Like technology oh, reached a point that's where. That's familiar. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but technology reached a point where they didn't have to work. Didn't have to do anything. They had machines to do it for them. Robots, slaves, you Wally. know, uh, Wally, basically. But they weren't intelligent. They had no AI. They were just smart, just smart enough to do what people wanted to do. Right. Um, there was a, a guy named uh, Talak. He tried to bring like the old empire like out of its slumber. Like it was doing nothing. It was just people were just like just existing. There was no innovation. No no in new inventions. Yeah, it was no, just a stagnant world. No new poetry. No nothing. Like no new mo- new movies. Anything. They were just literally eating, fucking sleeping and dying. That was all they did. That's um, crazy. That just sounds kind of good. <laughs> that's not, that sounds I'm good so at busy. this point. Um, <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, but basically. 20 people got together and set out to conquer the Empire with with Talak. Um, one of them uh, was Barbarossa. And Barbarossa reprogrammed computers to give them human aggression and a hunger for power. Uh, with the aid, you know, with his aid, the old Empire finally fell and the Titans conquered. But some systems on the edge of the Empire resisted and founded the League of League of Nobles. The League of Nobles is very important because that's where House Atreides comes from. House Arconan, House Corn. And that's the main character's family, right? Uh huh. House Atreides, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, basically, and at that point, scientists had already been to Arrakis, which is Dune, the planet, you know, and they discovered, like, there was really not much to it. There was, like, there's dust and dirt and blah, blah, blah. Um, when. Talak died, Agamemnon kind of stepped up, um, and the other Titans, they had themselves transformed into Cymex, which are uh, basically brains in jars with electrodes connecting everything. And um, That's awesome. Those jars can be plugged into ships. Giant war robo- robots called Cymex, uh, what's what commonly referred to as like a Cymex. Um, but literally, like you could have a ship the size of a Star Destroyer and there'd be no living thing on it. It would just be the Cymec in control in the center of it. Just a living brain controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and flying through space and everything. Because then, you know, they could fly through space for like, you know, 50 years or whatever. And it wouldn't mean anything. They'd just sleep. Uh, basically, uh, there was a, a little uh, rebellion on this one world against the, the Cymex and against the Titans, as they call themselves. Um, uh, Xerxes... Xerxes, Xerxes, this one titan that, that was out there, he trusts keeping the order on his planets completely completely to the local computer network. So he gives over all control, basically, to Skynet. He's like, oh, just keep wonderful. control, keep control. That's wonderful. But it's still just a computer network. Right. There's no intelligence behind it yet. Not real intelligence. Um, so it'd be like just uploading it to the internet. Yeah. Um, without any purpose, action. And Xerxes seized control over Ix, uh basically like which was like the the free worlds the, the league of nobles like like it was just a planet that had like a lot of technology in it right mm-hmm. um like my chair is really squeaky um uh Xerxes basically gave artificial intelligence um to the planetary network and it called itself ominous ominous 
O M N I U S. Omnius. I always say it wrong. <laughs> I always say it like ominous, but it's not ominous. Omnius. Um, the AI immediately uh, established the synchronized world and took over from the Titans and made them his slaves. So all of a sudden, you go from the Titans controlling this entire empire, these these twenty cymac, you know, cyber cyborgs, basically, to machines ruling everything. Instantly, like, like as soon as as soon as you know, it was just like Skynet, except instead of nuking everybody and killing all the humans, it just took them over. Because, yeah, you like enslave them. But there was still a thing in in Omnis, uh, programming that prevented him from killing directly, killing or causing death to a uh, one of the the Titans. So they were protected. Omnis couldn't kill them, right? But nor did it have to necessarily obey them, right? So it enslaved them, but it couldn't kill them, and it couldn't make them do something which would kill them. Right. So they could still they were they were trapped basically. You know, it was like a, like a rabid animal in a cage, like but you're prevented from killing it. It's just there. It was it's interesting. The um, the League of Nobles when they realized what was going on, they immediately forbade artificial intelligence computers on all the worlds. It's prohibited. They can't have it. So that way it stopped basically from Omnis from being able to take over their worlds too. Mm-hmm. So the less of uh the use of less sophisticated computers is very limited. Like in average everyday life, people don't have computers. They have electronics, no computers. No cell phones. Just you know. not allowed to. No. So you have this Outlawed. like this weird balance where people are living, you know they've got electric lights and stuff like that and then, you know, the form of television. And there's even, I suppose, some form of network, you know, similar to an internet, but there's no artificial intelligence, no robot slaves, no, uh, no robot dogs, no, no robots mowing your lawn, which, um, that's crazy, you know, is bad because Omnius launched uh, attacks against the League of Nobles and this, this little subgroup this is called Buddha Islamics. Which are what the Fremen come from. The Buddhist Islamics are like kind of Buddhist mixed with Islam. Yeah, and it's like a, a little bit of Christianity mixed in. Like it all kind of melded into one. There was this Bible called the Orange Bible. So it's like every major religion of Earth kind, kind of just of melded became, became one. As yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, some some got thrown to the wayside. You know, ain't nobody speaking into a bucket. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know. Uh, but basically, <laughs> that's a shot. Um, that's a res mean. Scientology sucks. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> aliens, aliens in my pee pee. Um, but yeah, so like the Buddhist Islamics believe that the rise of the thinking machines uh, is the Kralizek of, of prophecies, and they flee. Like literally, they scatter. They get, they try to get away from all the, the occupied worlds and go out in the unknown space. Um, but the thing is, is like because they're living in fr- the fringe of space, and because machines are outlawed, uh, Buddhist Islamic slaves are introduced into some league worlds. So all of a sudden, slavery becomes popular again. Oh, great! Because he's you're not gonna mow your own lawn, right? I'm not gonna cook my food. Do you know yeah. who I am? It's like what the fuck, you know? So you've got. Uh, Let's make sure it's recording. Oh, I'll cut that out. Um, the thinking machine uh, Erasmus was this was this um, you know AI robot that was it was okay I don't know if he was a courier I forget what Erasmus was mm-hmm. but basically he fell down a crevasse and was trapped there he didn't die but he just laid there for a long time like a very very long time hundreds of years maybe and he developed this kind of weird personality that when he finally got out of there um, 
he didn't want to be erased and set back to the way he was. So he convinced uh, Omnius to leave him as he was because his outlook was unique. It could help him maybe defeat the humans because he had a different outlook than the other machines. Um, basically, he was just eccentric. He liked to kill people. He mm-hmm. liked to murder humans in different ways, and it was interesting to him. But he was genuinely trying to explore what it was to be alive, but he also was murderous and very strange. You know, like he was just messed up. So he was just a mad scientist. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He he had two he had a set of twins in front of him, and he sliced the brain open on one and watched the other one to see if the other one reacted. Because oh my they, God. yeah, he's messed up. Um, so he captures Serena Butler, who's this. League of Nobles. She's like the daughter of a ruler of one of the worlds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is this is a short version, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, of everything in these books. I'm just kind of bringing you up to date. Yeah. Now we're on book eight. <laughs> that, yeah. I know. We're like we're slowly we're we're you know, working our way in. Um, so Serena Butler <laughs> was pregnant when she got caught. She has a baby named Mannion, and Erasmus allows her to keep the child because he wants to study it. And uh, they he goes. They live in the, this mansion with him, and this machine walks around like you know, interacting with the people. And he's got a, a liquid face, which kind of changes shape. And that's awesome. You know, imagine data made of like liquid metal face. You know, <laughs> um, but basically, he he picks Mannion up one point. At one point, he's looking at him. He's looking at Serena. She's like, "Please put him down." You know, you know, Mannion's like stroking his face and like you know and. Uh, Erasmus just smiles at him and he throws him out a window. <laughs> so this toddler falls to his death, which is what horrific. Oh, it's horrific. Falls to his death um, in front of all these human slaves. Like he literally lands, oh lands God. in front of them. And they, that's enough is enough. So they rebel. And they literally, they rise up against the thinking machines, you know, but the machines, um, the, the Titan Ajax is killed. Ajax is, was not paying attention to what was going on or was just overconfident. He gets killed. His, his brain jar gets shattered. His brain goes... He's Great. dead. Um, and the machines, as machines would, they simply exterminate all human life on the planet. Oh, they awesome. Kill, they kill every living human being on the planet because they don't need them. They don't need slaves. No, no. They don't need slaves at all. The machines can do it all themselves. Yeah, it's a choice to have slaves. Yeah, and they didn't even really need them. They just, you know, were kind of like... They're here. I think the Titans wanted them around for parts or something. Who knows? You know. Yeah. Um, so the League of Nobles, when they realize what's going on, they start the Butlerian Jihad, is what it's called, uh, against the machines. They use atomics, and the League, actually using atomic weapons, which are way more powerful than anything we have. Uh, they use atomics. They wipe out the thinking machines on Earth because when the atomic bombs go off, they set off those impulses, and it fries the circuitry of the thinking machines. So mm-hmm. they literally they nuke the Earth, make it uninhabitable for hundreds of years, just to kill all the thinking machines. And it works. Earth is free, but it's also uninhabitable. They also kill a lot of the surviving, you know, slaves that were hiding from the machines or managed to hide from. Um, the army of jihad basically. It, an example of how bad things were, like, um, I mean, the distance between the League worlds and Omnius was vast, and Omnius didn't even really know where, where all the worlds were. Mm-hmm. It didn't know where the humans were. Humans just kept spreading from world to world. Omnius had no idea where they were going because information still didn't travel that quickly. There was no, you know, faster than light travel, per se. Um, not that I'm aware of. Uh, but, like, the army of the jihad tried to free this one synchronized world called Hanru, but Omnius was like, 
fuck you. And it used suicide robot ships that wiped out the whole jihad fleet and the human population. 500,000 humans were killed in that one attack. Jesus. He's like, he's like, nah, robot, whatever. As before they die, their consciousness just gets backed up and sent to another ship. So they're fine. I don't care. The robots kill them. So they, the machines, the ships basically just all went at the planet and the fleet blew up right next to the human ships and rammed them. You know, you can imagine if the rebellion just rammed all of the Star Destroyers. Right. Instead of trying to fight and get away, they just rammed them and blew up because they didn't care. <laughs> yeah, well just, and not only that, we have astromechs and like pilot droids and like, why don't we just send them like empty with just some droids? Like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Keep all the people off the ship and just send the <laughs> droids at the yeah. Star Destroyers. Exactly, right? Why yeah. didn't they do it? Why didn't the... Uh, like the separatists do that in the first three movies. It's like, all right, army of clones versus army of droids, and the droids are actually being cautious. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, why are you? Doing, why would you have no fear? You can't. Even the tactical afraid. droids were like, no, retreat. <laughs> we have an infinite army. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, literally. Machines making machines making machines. Exactly. Like, well, that's what happened with Omnius. So, basically, humanity. Corners ominous, and this one final climactic battle, and because uh, there's this, there's this, and this is all kind of feeding into what's we're finally getting toward Dune here, um, and this is but this is like five thousand years before. So this yeah. is prelude to what the movie is showing. Yes, yeah, exactly. So there's this kind of stort, stunted dwarf woman named Norma, who's a genius, and this guy recognizes that she's a genius, and he's actually really kind of in, he's like. Entranced by her in a way because she's very sweet and you know that people treat her like shit. You know, and he's like, "Well, no, you're actually really cool. I like you." So he kind of falls in love with her, marries her. Um, Norma invents uh, a couple of different things. She invents the shields, this, this body shield that they use that nothing can penetrate at all, like no no knife, bullet, anything. Da, da, da. But and is what's not widely known is that uh, if there's this new device created called a laser gun. If you uh, actually, I think the laser gun may have been out for a while. Anyway, if a laser gun hits what's called a Holtzman shield, it ex- a nuclear explosion happens or atomic. Oh my god! It just reacts and goes. It explodes. So the first time it happens, nobody survives to know what happened, right? Because they're all killed. Um, and then eventually, I think it's figured out. Was it because of whatever they used for that shield? Yeah, it's, it's like the, the way, reaction with it. Yeah, it's something with the laser gun and the shield. The way it reacts causes like a subatomic level. Some kind of that's fucking split. crazy. Um, but yeah, so it's nuts. But humanity also like has been using these personal shields to fight off machines in these battles. So the machines try to attack, but humans have force shields, force shield, and the ships also have those force shields too. So if the machines ever figured out that they could just shoot one laser instead of an att- instead of attacking the ships with atomics, mm-hmm. one laser shot. Would blow up the ship, the war would be over basically. But right. humans never let the machines know that the machines never find that out because the distances are so vast between these battles, and the machines always get wiped out to the last man. Um, or the humans always get wiped out to the last man, you know. Uh, but basically, Norma also goes off to figure out this theory she's been working on called space folding. Mm-hmm. So she creates. Um, she invents basically the ability to fold space. So in, you're instantly going from one point to the other. No warp speed, no lights travel. Literally, you're at uh, uh, you know right cheese, and all of a sudden you're at Doom. You know you're on Earth, all of a sudden you're at Mars. Boom, boom. 
So, um, like, how far are most of the habitable planets from Earth? Oh, like, are they separate systems? Hundreds of years of regular travel, some of them. Holy shit. Yeah, so you're not getting there. Right. Um, machines the machines send out fleets and stuff, and it takes them 50 years to reach a planet to, to fight them. It's it's that far. <laughs> That's crazy. It's nuts. Um, but, like, so humanity beats Omnius. The Landsrad keeps fighting. There's all sorts of, like, you know, intricacies and then fights. So the, the House Carino rises to power, you know. There's an emperor is declared, like the Shadam Emperor or Pat Petisha. I never say the name right. He's basically an emperor, right? <laughs> so he rules over the Landstrad, but the Landstrad basically kind of keeps the peace in a way because, you know, they're like, okay, we got We have trade. We can get along with each other. Some infighting. Some people get poisoned. Some people get shanked in the back when they're visiting the cousin. Shit happens. Shit but, happens. You know, basically you have dukes, you know, and princes, whatever. Um, and that's how it is for a long time. Machines are all wiped out except right as the last version of Omnis. Because there's these cores in every world. Every world in the synchronized world had an Omnis. Um, and as, as if they would, be, they, would, they would continually update to each other so they all stayed in sync. Yeah. Thus, synchronized world. Yeah. Um, as they died off. The you know the machine if if you killed an omnius in the planet the machines in the planet would no longer be able to function properly because they had no central brain nobody to tell them what to do. Um, the very last version of omnius when it was about to be destroyed, in a desperate gamble, shot out a signal into space. Its consciousness that is the radio signal out into space, hoping that something, hoping somebody somewhere would have a satellite out listening, or you know something would happen. It would finally it would reach some other machine intelligence or some some type of computer where it could reside. That's super and survive, cool. um, which actually happens. Oh, that's and sick. along with that, that's super cool. It, along with that, <laughs> along with that, Omnius is a copy of Erasmus, which is which is the robot that killed Manius. Her, oh she, yeah, anyway, he was, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So, um, but you got to read the books. I'm giving. I'm kind of bastardizing everything, you know. But you have to read the books. The books are very, very, very good. They're very interesting. It's a lot of political shit. But you haven't even got to. We haven't even got to Dune the yet. Movie. <laughs> Are they all called Dune? Like, and then there's like no. There's House of Trade. There's you have Dune. Like there's Chapter House. There's Sisterhood. There's a lot. And they're, but they're all by the same author. And yeah, they're, they're all, all big books too. Dune's like probably one of the smallest thing. I don't know. I mean, this movie that's coming out is just the very first part of Dune. It's not even like the whole book. I don't even think it's half the book. The first like Atreides like part of the story like where it follows him on Arrakis. Well, yeah, because well, with Paul and this is where this is where it becomes interesting. So Paul Atreides, like even even 10,000 years in the past when they're fighting the machines or whatever, the Bene Gesserit are formed. These these warrior women that basically figure out that, you know, this they spice when they take spice and there's different things they can take. What is spice exactly? It's a byproduct of the, the worms of Arrakis. Basically, it's like a, it's like a it's like a spice that exists in the sands, and you can filter it out. And if you ingest it, it gives you prescient powers. It extends your life. It can help heal injuries. Oh, so it's super cocaine. But yeah, exactly. Awesome. And it, it's it's I don't even I don't think it's addictive. It's like cinnamon. But so imagine, it's like a cinnamon that gives you superpowers. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome. And if you mega dose <laughs> it, you mutate. So these so again folding space, um, the spacing guild is formed and it's these, these beings that are able to fold space but they don't allow anybody else to do it so just for fast 
And the like, only, oh, yeah. Travel. And the like, only way we can get from one planet to the next is to fold space. So these giant so it's like ships, wormholes and yeah. shit. So these big ships are created. They don't actually really necessarily even have engines. They're just giant containers with a pilot in it. And the pilot uses, you know, he's basically mutated. A lot of, there's one, there's, there's a couple of pilots that have mutated so badly they're barely recognizable as human. They look like like whales with slightly deformed human heads. Because all they do is they take float. spice. They float. Yeah, they literally they float in this, this uh, chamber in spice gas and inhale it, and they, they're swimming in it, you know. That's crazy. And <laughs> so they become, like, super, like, psychic. But to navigate through um, when you fold space to make sure you don't fly into a star or something is very difficult. Um, so the spice... And their powers allow them to see the, the path from one planet to the next without striking anything and killing themselves. And they, they, at first, when it was first created, the, the folding space technology, you'd lose 25% of your ships every time you fold the space. So if a fleet set off with 100 ships, 75 might arrive. Or none of them might arrive. They might go through a star. Stuck in a black hole might appear in the It's a planet. gamble every yes, time you do that. Precisely. That's Because you weren't allowed to use machines to plot stuff. So is it is there like... But is there a machine forcing this wormhole, or what? Like no, it's it's done completely with powers. Yeah, basically, I think. Oh, no, no, yeah, maybe. No, I Space think it might magic. be an, it might be a machine that's that's doing it. But it's like an engine. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. But without that telling the engine where to go properly, you can die. Um, you need the Fritos. I got him. Um, <laughs> like freaking uh, you, fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so like, basically, like the the, the spacefaring guild controls transport, and they want to stay in control, and they need spice to do it, and they also control basically everything because if you think about it, there's no trade without them. There's no trade. Plants can starve, so they control basically the emperor. They they own his ass. Like he can't. Right, and he, he's he, got this synchronized world shit going on. Right. But, uh, well, he's got the League of Nobles. So basically, oh, okay, so he's got that. Yeah. So he, but and to keep the peace, obviously, he has to have trade, right? And if you, you know, because the human populations are huge now, but like, you know, all the, imagine like the only way to get off of the continent of America and to go to Europe was to use a, one airline. If there was only there was only way to ship stuff to America with one airline. Be just a bottleneck. You wouldn't have. A- <clears throat> Well, they get plenty of ships, yeah. But you got to kiss their ass to do it. They want kickback. They want right. they want your allegiance, and no one will challenge them. Just a super monopoly. And you know there was there's a planet called X that's trying to create is it X? No, Benetelaxu. I don't know. Basically, they're trying to create a synthetic melange. It's that it doesn't work really good um, <laughs> for a very long time. But so so Dune. Is actually the planet doing the planet Arrakis is the most important planet in the galaxy because that's where it's the only planet where spice comes from. Oh, the only planet, it's the so, only place so it's you get the spice. only planet where those worms exist. Exactly, they try transporting them off the planet, they die. Even no matter how arid the planet is, how desert like, because they have to swim through, it has to be di- water kills the worms. It totally it melts them down. They can't handle. They turn into sand trout, which are like little worm things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. No matter how dry. So the, they have to live with the the spice and the sand on this planet, the, where the worms create the spice. It's like a byproduct right. of them. So it's interesting. Because, so they're so, swimming in their own. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. And everything. So like, and the thing is with this with the spice, like it's mined by uh, 
different organizations and all that, but some of them it's, it's slave labor. Some of them, uh, but the the main population of that planet are called Fremen, mm-hmm. and they live in the desert. They don't need anything. Nobody needs them. They wear these suits called still suits, which allow them to survive in the deep desert without water. You know, whether it's like so air that you'll just dry up and die without water in like a day. Right, right. Um, that's what they, you see Paul wearing. <clears throat> it's a gray outfit with the nose plugs. Yeah, the tube. yeah. So that recycles all the water that they produce. The Those sweat, like really cool. The sweat, the pee, everything that's all awesome. gets recycled. You know, um, I wish you, I had that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to recycle my pee. Ugh, nasty boy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you you can survive in the desert with them. But back to Paul Atreides. Um, Paul is the product of thousands of years of selective breeding by the Bene Gesserit sisterhood. Through manipulation, political intrigue, they've made this guy marry this girl, this girl was going to marry this guy, so they killed that guy, so she would marry this other guy. So genetically, they could be compatible, all to create this female called the Quidzax Hatterach. Basically, it's like, it would be a, a woman that was able to access the male and female sides of what's called other memory. The Bene Gesserit, um, the other memory basically, basically is like when we die, our memories are encased in the cells of our bodies. So like my yeah. children have all my memories. Right, because you passed that. Yes. So it's all the, the, the memories are hidden within the cells of their body. That's so cool. if you're able to tap into those cells, you, you instantly have access to my consciousness. Right. And that's what it is. Um, so... But they can only access the female side. Mm-hmm. They can't access the male side. So they're trying to create this male that's under their control that can conceive both the female and the male of everything. Like literally everything that's ever happened and even like see into the future. So it'll, it'll basically like, it'll be, but it'll be under their control. They'll control humanity, but they'll have like basically a living God mm-hmm. because he'll know everything. He'll see right. everything and have seen everything. So he has ultimate knowledge. Um, now my phone, oh, baby <laughs> Jesus. I dropped my phone, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, are you okay? You okay, baby? It's okay, baby. Twelve hundred dollar phone. But basically, yeah. So Jessica, Paul's mother, is supposed to give birth, birth to a girl. Um, he's that the one. That girl would wind up being the mother of the Quizzex Hatter. Jessica decides not to. She's in love with Duke Leto. Mm-hmm. So, because of this, Duke, the Duke wants a son. And Jessica says, well, I love you so much. I'm going to ignore my mission. I'm not going to do what they want me to do. I'm going to give you a son. So, she forces the embryo to become male instead of female. Because they have that power. Right. Um, That's crazy. Like we talked about before we turned on uh, the mics, um, the reason Baron Harkonnen is so fat and, and horrif- horrific is that he raped Jessica when she was younger. Um, he had he had kidnapped her basically and raped her. Was it her that he did? No, no, he raped some other girl. Yeah, because Jessica is like his daughter, something. I don't know. It's jacked up or his niece. No, no, it's his daughter. Yeah, yeah, it's his daughter. Yeah, he raped somebody and got away with her. So I don't. Know. All I know is that she's his his, his dad, her dad, whatever. Um, but he raped a uh, Bene Gesserit woman. Uh, and because the Bene Gesserits have complete control over their bodies, she searched. She used her body to basically as a little chemical plant 
um, like power plant, and she created a really virulent venereal disease and infected him with it. Oh my god! And he went from this big muscular Arnold Schwarzenegger looking like like buff, you know, heroic dude to this fat slob covered in pus filled pores. And no matter what he does, he can't get rid of the fat. He keeps getting fatter and fatter and fatter. He gets so fat to the point he can't walk anymore. So he has to use a hover belt to float around. Um, <laughs> and he's covered. He's, he's so it also drives. It makes him impotent as well. Um, oh, that's so he, awesome. Yeah. So he goes. You get from this. That's what you get. Yeah. You get this alpha male asshole who's like who kills people. He's like you know horrible demonic guy. And she's like, well, you're doomed now. But you're not going to die. You're just going to rot inside your own body. That's awesome. It's great. Um, and the Baron is insane, too. It drove him a little bit more crazy than normal. Uh, but, like, so Jessica decides to have birth, give birth to a boy. And you, so you get Paul Atreides. And uh, she's going to give birth to a girl, too. Right. But at that point, it doesn't matter because she fucked up a thousand plus years of selective, selective breeding. breeding. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, they might be able to, to like, kind of salvage the operation, but I don't think they can. And I think, I think what they realize basically is that. They don't necessarily have to start over, but now they're they're not really sure what's going to happen. So they test Paul to see if he is capable of handling like the powers that he suppose he might actually have. Mm-hmm. Which is why you have that scene with the box. Where he puts his hands in the box. Yeah, is that part of his test? Yeah, and if you fail, you die. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you'll die because she has a she's a needle poke to his head. You know, basically, if if you move, I'll scratch you with this. It's poison. You'll die. Yeah. So put your hand on the box. You know. And basically, I think he, in the 84 movie, he imagined, they kind of did what they did in the book, where he imagined his hand was melting with acid, and he could feel the acid eating his flesh away, and his hand melting and crumbling, and it, it was like the most unimaginable pain you could, you know, you could, you could think of. And then when it's over, he pulls his hand out, it's fine. Yeah. It was all it's, all, it's all just a mental, like, yeah. trigger. But, uh, so, the gist of it is, is like, when we arrive at this movie that, that's coming out, um, the emperor does not like how powerful Paul's father is. Duke Leto is getting more and more support in the Landsrad. He's a hero and he's a very good person. So more people, he's like you know people like him more. He's got really real popular and the, the people love him. Um, and the emperor doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. And I think if I recall correctly, I think uh, Leto like challenged him at some point, and uh, the emperor was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> you know, he's like, fuck, I'll kill you. Um, so he basically, like, there's an arranged marriage between <clears throat> Paul and the Emperor's daughter, Irulan, who's his youngest daughter, and but it's all kind of a feint. Basically, the Harkonnens have control of Arrakis right now. Spice production is going okay, but they're brutal, so spice, spice production isn't what it should be mm-hmm. um, because the people aren't you know, helping them. So they're, they're getting attacked by the giant worms and all this stuff and they can't do it right. They're basically idiots. Um, <laughs> brutal idiots, you know, because you, know, you, you, they can try to attack the Fremen and make them do what they want, but the Fremen just melt into the desert and disappear. There's, there's no, they can't find them. They don't know where they are. But, um, so the emperor does this thing where he says, okay, well, I use an agreement with house Arcona and he says, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. I want to get rid of the Atreides. You want to get rid of the Atreides. So you're going to lose control of Arrakis. And uh, Duke Leto is going to go there and take over. And when he does, 
I will give you legions of my Satyrkar, which are these special trained warriors, mm-hmm. and your army, and together our armies will crush Atreides and kill them and wipe them, just destroy them completely. The whole, the whole family. We the whole out. family. So this stuff goes on. Jason Momoa flexes his pecs. Oh, okay, that's um, awesome. You know, things happen. The only people that survive are well, there's a couple of people that survive, but the Duke is dead. Paul and his mother escape into the desert, mm-hmm. and Paul, you know, meets the Fremen. He gets taken in with them. He, you know, he asks what the mouse shape of the moon is. They say Usul. That'll be his secret name. Whatever you know. <clears throat> uh, they also call him Moadib, so he becomes Paul Moadib, um, and he begins leading this rebellion against uh, the Emperor. Or whatever. Basically, though, at that point, his mother. It takes the water of life, which is like this poison that the worms produce, a little uh, baby worms produce. Yeah. And if she can process it and convert it from poison into just plain water, uh-huh. it'll unlock all these abilities within her, or whatever, and she becomes a, a reverend mother or whatever. Well, she's also pregnant at the time. So when she does that... The kid also... The kid also becomes pregnant, but the kid, it's a female, and her name's Ar- Alia. She awakens in the womb with full knowledge of everything that ever happened before her for thousands of times. Holy All the way shit. back to we were monkeys. <laughs> so That's she goes crazy. insane. She tries to keep it at bay, but the ego memories of all these other people, including the, uh, the Baron Harkonnen, because he's her grandfather. Oh, great. They're there. And the great. ego memories is their consciousness, basically. So in her mind, amongst the you know millions of other you know living beings that are in her head talking at once, you have Baron Harkonnen. And he's like, I'll keep them at bay, but you have to let me have a little bit of control. So she's insane. And that led, you'll see that later in the different uh, movies, hopefully. Um, but so Paul, at one point, Paul also, he, like, he knows that in order to do what he has to do, he's got to try to pass the water of life. Mm-hmm. And no man has ever done that. They die every time. Yeah. But Paul does it. And his mind opens up, and he gets access to other memory, both male and female. He becomes, and what he thinks is the Quizex Hatterack. I'm not going to ruin it for everybody. He's not. Um, but, um, <laughs> but he begins fighting back against the Emperor's troops and the Harkonnens, and he's winning like crazy because he's fucking powerful. Right. Um, and basically, they, the movie is going to end. You know, they're going to kill everybody. Good guys win, whatever. Um, but then you've got Paul's children that are born, and one of the one of his kids becomes Leto II, the God Emperor. He lives for like a thousand years. He basically like <clears throat> covers himself in sand trout and uh, mega doses like spice. So he's, I mean, they're born with spice in them, you know. And he begins to morph into a worm. So you can imagine when he's the sandworm. It's a sandworm body. Yeah. With like a human head where the mouth should be. That's disturbing as and fuck. And that's how he lives for like a thousand plus years. And he's he's this golden path. The path, the idea of the golden path drove Paul a little nuts. Because Paul, this is path humanity has to go on to survive what's coming. Yeah. And Paul, to keep it on that path was like, there's too much for Paul to handle. Like he knew what he had to do and he didn't want to have to do it. He wasn't, he, he knew he wasn't brave enough to do it. He couldn't muster up the courage to do it yeah. but his son did so Leto does these things which are weird like he purposely begins introducing water to Arrakis and the worms start dying he um, <clears throat> takes control of the you know but Paul actually takes control of the 
universe. He kills. He doesn't kill the emperor, but he deposes him. Yeah, you know, he becomes emperor basically, and they have another jihad against the evil empire, whatever. Um, but Leto leads humanity to this point where they're like, uh, this is called the scattering, where mm-hmm. like human, like literally people lose the ability to travel through space for like thousands of years. Holy shit! I think maybe it might be just be a thousand years. Um, so people become like distant. Like you can still travel in star systems, but even that takes a long time because mm-hmm. um, there's no there's no spice anymore. Something like that happens. I forget what it is, but basically, like when the stories pick up later, <clears throat> uh, Arrakis is complete, almost completely covered in water. It's just a little desert left. Uh, there's jungles and stuff everywhere. Not water, but you know, plants. Um, and like the later books are, are really kind of fun. You don't really have to read them to understand Dune. But, uh, like, it's fun to read because Omnius and Erasmus come back into it. Mm-hmm. And you discover that, like, Paul wasn't the Quizax Hatterack. But, um, it's a big spoiler for everybody. Duncan Idaho was. And Duncan, Duncan Idaho is. Because when someone dies in this universe, you can create a what's called a Gola, which is basically a clone of them. Mm-hmm. And that... Gola, if it's uh, challenged with some like horrific event, like like something shocking to it to, to its core that shocks it, it'll remember everything that happened before. Mm-hmm. So it, it basically, you'll, it's like you die, we make a clone of you, we scare the shit out of the clone, we challenge. Oh my god, its mind starts to break. It'll remember exactly who you are. All of a sudden, you're born again because it's you. Yeah, in every sense of the, it's genetically it's you down to the cellular level. You just didn't remember. They just who had you to were unlock the memory. Moment. Yes, yeah, that's crazy. And after like I don't know a thousand Duncans, you know, like come the and go. Knowledge you have obtained as the same person for a thousand years, like yep. Um, and he becomes. And I think in the end of the series, it's he becomes the Quidzex Hatterack and helps defeat Omnius, um, and like. No, he doesn't actually. I take that back. I think Norma Serena comes back. It's like ten thousand years later. She's like this big floating, <laughs> but she still she doesn't <laughs> die. Like she this whole time, she, Norma's still there, just in this other dimension, this mental dimension, where she helps <clears throat> control the spacing guild, you know, and keep them hidden from the machines, which are still out there building another empire. On a, it's just, a lot to take in. Yeah, and it's and a shitload of history. If you were to like make an estimated guess right now. What are the chances that Dennis Villanueva is enough of a hardcore 80s sci-fi fan that he will give us the <clears throat> Dune that has the crazy people with boils and fucking rape <laughs> oh, going on? And- if you look up right now, if you on YouTube and look up Vladimir Harkonnen, you'll see like the, the one from back in the day where he's just nasty and d- disgusting and... You see Sting all oiled up with his big with his Oh, I heard a, I heard Sting was in it. Carla was watching it. She you was didn't like, oh. see that? No. Look up look up Sting and Dune. He's all oiled up and skinny. He's got like his abs showing and the Baron's like fade. Oh, fade. You know, cuz he's like he th- he's attracted to him. It's his nephew. Oh my god. Yeah, you see he's looking at the picture right now. It's that Sting. And like you know, whenever this movie came out, like eighty four, eighty one, but but it's like, you know, he looks funny to be honest. Really, yeah, with the hair like that. Oh yeah, but he's like, and the guy that played um, his brother Raban, the brutal Raban, who like is a murderous monster, he played 
Bluto in the Popeye movie. It's the only thing I know him from besides that. <laughs> the, the Popeye movie with Robin Williams. You know, I'm like, hey, hey, Bluto. What was the name of the dude that was ugly as hell? Like Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Oh, Mike's looking at that. You're gonna be grossed out. But there's the one from the newer series. He's not. Ugh. He's just fat, but he's not gross. Oh, it's rough. Show me the picture you're looking at. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's nasty. That boy nasty. He, <laughs> yeah, he's got, and they all have heart plugs. The Harkonnens have heart plugs, so it's this little string hanging out of your heart. And if they you, they get pissed off, if you do something wrong, they can reach out and pull the string, and all of a sudden there's a there's a hole in your heart, and you bleed out and die. They're uh. all, like at birth, they're like. Did all, you see who's playing them in uh, in Villanueva's movie? No, no. it's uh, Bill Skarsgård's dad. Um, uh, I think he's the no guy way. that plays uh, uh, Selvig. And, oh, and yes. Marvel, he's going to be awesome for that. And I love that freaking... Uh, Ooh, uh, Momoa? No, he's like a Star-Lord. Oh my God, my brain doesn't work. Pratt. Not Pratt. Well, he was in the movie. Oh, Batista. Batista, thank I, you. I, man, when I saw him in that trailer for like three seconds, I was like, hey, he's, I know that face. He's, he's pale as fuck. Crazy as fuck. He's a monster. Like he grabs, he grabs people, he crushes their skulls. His favorite thing to do is to grab them and just squeeze until their skulls go. I want to see that at least twice in this movie. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Um, so it looks, it looks really interesting. Um, I like what they're doing. They're, it's, it, the still suits look more like still suits. What you would think, or what, yeah, you're, to- what you're told at least, and what we've seen too in the past, like. They didn't, you know. It's funny. I will say none of the previous incarnations of this are necessarily bad. Yeah, if you take them for what they are, they did what they could. Like the first movie had Patrick Stewart in it. Yeah, I heard he was like the best reason to watch the movie. Well, no, he's he's not in that much, but he has no hair still. I mean, he had no hair when he was in his early twenties. Yeah. So this and this is like ten years before Picard, and he looks like Captain Picard because he hasn't aged. Right. The man, like literally from like nineteen seventy. To like 2002 looked exactly the, the same. same man. He did not age at all. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he didn't um, aim. He didn't age until after the X Men, the first X Men movie. Oh, yeah, he's like, and it was like Brian Singer just sucked bullshit. all the age out of him. This bullshit. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, it looks great. Like the backstory isn't really super important. It's nice to know where why the spice is so important where they stand and all that you kind of they so they talk about it a little bit during the movies do you, know? you think they're gonna start the movie the way they did blade runner where you have like a, a like kind of like a computer typing out like the the story of well, what no, happened up until because, this point because the book is told um told to the listener by irulan she be, she's like oh okay now. so like the original one started off with her voice and i believe this one will too um it's her like speaking. Okay, you know, it's you know, it's the year blah blah blah. blah. You know, the universe is controlled by the Padishan Emperor. Uh, she goes into this whole like thing. She tells she, she basically spells it out because you need to, like, yeah. without knowing what happened beforehand. Like you'd be you like, what is happening? Like, why the fuck? Why are there different planets? Why is that guy fat and floating around? What, is- <laughs> what the hell? Why is he floating? Why is he floating? Why are they putting cinnamon on everything? Why are their eyes blue? You know. Why are they putting cinnamon on everything? Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> you have no clue what spices. No. Like, what are they doing? No. But Cin- you know. cinnamon's not good when you take that much. You're a water fat arakeen. <laughs> That's what they call uh, the Fremen. Call people that live in arakeen. They call them water fat because they 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 value water more than anything else. Like if you die, they will suck all the water out of your body. They have these big vessels uh. of water. Um, 
Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so like, gross. You know, like if you cry, it's considered like the ultimate sacrifice because you're giving some of your water up for somebody else's pain. Like if if, if somebody's like dies or whatever, if you cry for them, that's a huge deal. Um, that's crazy. They also make knives out of the worm's teeth. They're called Chris knives. And that's not, awesome. And if you pull it out, you know, let it put it back without it being bloodied. So you'll see them like if they pull a knife out. Sometimes they'll slice themselves and put it back. Oh, you're not allowed to sheath it without having blood on it. Yep. That's disgusting. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Your sheath has to be the most filthy sheath. The Fremen have their own uh, like path they're following too, because there was like this archaeologist kind of like guy that was, was there for the emperor. Um, he was like, he figured he figures out a way to get the planet Arrakis to support life better again and make life better for the Fremen. He believes the thing to do is to introduce more plants and water. So the side of these giant sand dunes, you're seeing like plantings, like he's planting certain plants there that will hold the dunes. To, like Because you can't even like dump dirt there. There's nothing you can do. The sand is so big and so deep. The entire planet is sand. Even the north. The north I hate uh, sand. No, oh, I hate It's coarse, rough. It gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. God the, damn it. It's, you know who hated sand really bad? Anakin. Motherfucker. Hated sand. That's why he never went back. That's why Vader never showed up. <laughs> the perfect place to hide. Um, Genius. Like freaking uh, like even the North and South Poles, where normally you think there would be ice, because it's cooler. It's not. There's just some frost here and there, but that's about just it. a little bit. Yeah. It's so the planet. The planet is but it's truly dry. an arid desert. It just to survive there is like almost impossible. I mean, imagine imagine like Mars with like. So atmosphere you can breathe. Atreides yeah. is like given Arrakis on yes. purpose. Yes, as like a, a, trap. a trap. It's a trap. Okay, that makes sense. And the first thing they do when they get there is they prepare for an attack because they know it's coming. He knows it's a trap. It has to be a trap. He right? Knows. There's no but way. He doesn't think that the emperor will be foolish enough to attack him himself. He thinks it'll just be the Harkonnens, and he can fight off the Harkonnens. Yeah, but we, the emperor is actually he, like. He and he did not expect that. So that I mean, you know, I forget how many hundreds of thousands of troops, whatever. But basically, he's just overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of cool. And there's these neat sub creatures. There's there's people in there like other characters. Like uh, <clears throat> because machines are outlawed. Mm-hmm. There's this whole planet, this whole uh, society um, called Mentats, and they're humans that use. The sapo root, I forget what it is. There's some kind of root, basically, that makes their minds operate really fast, almost as fast as machines. Mm-hmm. So they become basically human calculators. And uh, <clears throat> they're very good at uh, uh, like organization and then planning and stuff like that. And I don't know if it's military as well, but every house of any rep, you know, repute has a mentat, an official mentat. And like, they help, uh, you'll see, like, there's a couple of scenes in the 84 movie where the guy's, like, 10 to the 15th power. He's, like, rattling all this stuff. Running off. through. You know, he's, like, did it go into And he's, like, the answer is 47. We need 47 troops to this sector right now. It's really kind of cool. Because um, he can look at, like, data from, like, three different sources and figure out, like, if somebody's a spy or not, judging by. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's cool. Um, and their lips are stained purple. Uh, but, like. You know, the, the Ben and Jezreel do not like them at all, by the way. They hate them. Uh, so, you've got all these different, like, things, though. There's, uh, like, the Harkonnens have what's called uh, a twisted mentat, where it's a mentat that's also insane. So, you have this this, men, this guy who's, like, very, 
has a really powerful brain. He can do all these calculations and shit like that. But he's also completely nuts, you know. So he's like, it's like he likes to like hurt people as much as he can, you know. It's kind of cool, like you know, you have these doctors called Sook doctors, which are uh, they're dedicated to never hurt people and always like be truthful and never lie. So you've got the guy that played um, Al from Quantum Leap. I forget what his name. I've met him twice. He passed away now, but um, he played Doctor Yui, who's important. Like Yui, you know, he's very important in the story. Okay. But, um, yeah, the Sook doctors are basically, like, they go through this program that basically means they're extremely loyal, and they won't lie. If you if a Sook doctor serves you, he'll always serve you. He'll never lie to you, never betray you, never whatever, something like, something like that. Loyal. Yeah. But um, it's, it promises to be pretty cool. Like, I don't know, this, as long as, you know, you follow the book, and Villanueva is very, very good. He's like... I don't know. His, he his, knows how to do he 80s does, movies. And he likes he in likes the, modern. the source material. Yeah. Stephen Colbert surprisingly also a Dune fanatic. So he put out a video recently which I thought was cool interviewing uh people but So what's the chances that the uh the Bene Gesserits have the uh like them space cowboy hats and the and the <laughs> they've got wild hats. They I know their headdresses are supposed to be extremely ornate. Yeah, you know, like in the um, eighty four version, and I think a little bit in the one that came out in two thousand, they had these huge like pope hats. Yeah, they're like weird looking. You're like, oh my god, flying nun. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy, but they also shave their heads. Some of them shave their heads too, but they all have control over everything. Their pheromones. They can talk to a man. They use this thing called the voice, uh, where it's like their voice gets real deep, and they'll tell you whatever they tell you to do, you will do it. No matter what. That's awesome. They can also control men with pheromones and women. They can make you love them and they'd be so aroused by them that you'll do anything they tell you to do just for the chance that they'll even like speak to you. It's amazing. The Bene Gesserits are very dangerous. That's very, very crazy. Dangerous. That's crazy. Imagine just like developing some body odor so somebody like does everything you want. Yeah, it's basically what it is. They can create poisons out of their own blood and spit poison into a Oh. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, they can... Um, they can if you try to poison them, they can usually fight the poison off and convert it into something like else on the molecular level in their bodies. Like they're very powerful. That's insane. They use uh, the Bene Gesserit. The, sis- the sisters in Rav Rossak originally were very good again in the machine war because they could shoot like this electrical energy out of their, out of their bodies and fry the machines up close, the Cymex and stuff. Yeah. So they were very dangerous to them in the machine war. But I don't know. It's like I like the. The idea of the universe that they that they, they that Herbert created was amazing. Like the stuff he put into it, it's just as deep as like Tolkien, you know, and Lord of the Rings, and and Lucas did in Star Wars. Actually, way more deep than Lucas did in Star Wars because this is this guy Herbert. His books are extremely large, extremely deep. They make Harry Potter look like nothing, like a children's book as far as like size wise. I mean, right? I think Chapter House is is like. I don't know how big it is, but it's big. You know, it's a dictionary. Um, I gotta see the book. <laughs> you should see the covers. The books, the book covers are beautiful. Like the artwork on it, or whatever. Chapter um, House Dune novel. Let me see this. If I recall correctly, it's pretty darn big. The covers are pretty sweet. Oh yeah, dude, it is a encyclopedia. Yeah, this thing's huge. Chapter yeah, House Dune. Holy smokes. Dude, the side, the side part of the cover, 
you could put it three times on the front cover and cover the whole front cover. Like, that's how thick the book is. The it's, side. Yes, it's 464 pages, which is pretty damn that's big. That's huge. But it may not even be the biggest. Also, book. depending on the fonts and paper, <laughs> well, pa- yeah. paper you're using, you could be using the smallest paper <laughs> in the smallest fonts imaginable. <laughs> it's like Have like a super, thousand super pages. Tiny. Oh, my God. Yeah, to be honest, with that kind of stuff, with universes that have been around for double my life, like <laughs> I'd I'd personally rather listen to a, a hour long video of somebody that has been well versed in every aspect of it, and listen to like a full playlist of hour long videos of them saying like, "All right, you want to know about this character? All right, here's the whole hour long what that person is like." Yeah, that, those kind of videos have been like my thing for the last like i don't know month of the pandemic like just catching up on like lore of certain things and what's well, the funny thing is now people are going back to work so now we don't have time like <laughs> yeah there's a lot of people going back and it's like our numbers aren't really changing <laughs> no they're not i know i'm working like 40 40 to 45 hours a week right now Holy and smoke. it's uh yeah, it's kicking my butt like <laughs> i'm so busy but what can you do you know like I, you gotta work, and gotta I, work. I mean, I had three months, three four months off basically, and uh, it's okay. Like I don't mind. It's just like you know, now right. like I've, I find things that I want to do, and I can't because I don't have time. Like podcasts and stuff like that, you know. Right. But uh, yeah, some of those, those Dune books are humongous. I mean, even that the eighty four version was like three plus hours, and still didn't cover everything. It cut out <laughs> huge sections. The Dune series that they put on the Sci Fi Channel, Children of Dune combined like two books into one and it was still four hours long Holy maybe shit. longer you know man with no filler we're not talking about like you know let's focus on this person doing this for a while and maybe has some chats no it's four freaking hours of constant story and you can take the dune books unlike say you know like 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 walking dead or something like that you really can't transfer walking dead from the comic directly to the, to the visual medium, to like, to like TV and stuff, because it really wouldn't work out. There's a lot of parts that you would absolutely hate yeah. on, on TV and Exactly. Film. But Dune, it's not really like that. You would want to see it all. And that's frustrating for a lot of people who have read the books because it's they're just that good. Like, I'm a Lord of the Rings fanatic. I love Lord of the Rings. I've watched it a million times. I love yeah. it. You know. Mm-hmm. I can tell you the stories front and back, the legendarium, everything, Silmarils, you name it. You know, Fionnur, you bastard. Um, <laughs> but compared to Dune, like the Lord of the Rings, like like it wasn't until later that the history began to be padded out a little more. But like, it's Dune is a lot more. I don't know. They're both really good series. I don't really want to say one's any better than the other one. But to read Dune, like Lord of the Rings, you've got four books. And you're done. You know, Dune takes so long to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have six books of the original run, and then you've got the books that came about ahead. What should I call like the what do they call them the precursors or whatever? You know, yeah, the preludes. The well, not pre the like prologue stories. One, two, prequel, prequel. Thank you. There you it's go. late at night. I'm tired. Um, the prequels are like they're huge books too. They tell. They feel kind of fill in a lot of the gaps, and it's fun. You know, and a lot of them are, are based on ideas that Frank had before he died, so that's kind of cool too. Um, it, the series itself is very intricate. There's a lot of political stuff, but there's also a lot of stuff that just, it, the payoffs take forever. 
you know, you got a, you know, literally, you've got sometimes the payoffs take ten thousand years. Right. So it's it's nuts, and because though because the uh, Bene Gesserits have access to other memory, you know, the genetic memory, or whatever. Yeah. They can wait that long because they know exactly what they have to do. Because when even though somebody that put the plan in motion dies, five thousand years later, somebody can still talk to that person and figure out what they should do next or see what else in the plan, what they had thought of, you know, what their plan was, basically. So you, so you said that one guy was a clone. Duncan Idaho, yeah. When Duncan dies, the uh, Benetalax, which are basically the skin people, they basically make, they, they, they can grow organs for people, grow people if they have to. But they, you know, they have slaves. Or, um, <clears throat> they have these things called Aox- exotal tanks. Mm-hmm. And no one's ever allowed to see an exotal tank, and you never see a uh, telex in a uh, female either. Mm. They have to exist, obviously, right? I right. Mean, you know, there's tons of males. It's because they are the exotal tanks. The females are there's like just, they're shit. hung up and strapped in, and they just give they give birth to, to thing after thing after thing, and they, the goal is and goals and goals, and you know, and a lot of, sometimes they're just cut up for parts. Holy shit. It's horrifying. <laughs> That's crazy. They're monstrous, yeah. It's like this big taboo, too. They're, they're, every, every planet's been around. At this point, you know, they've been around for longer than we have written history, like two, three, four thousand years. Right. So they're all a little weird. You know, very strange. That's nuts. Uh, X, the planet X is putting out, like, fun technology, but not quite thinking machines, but they're coming close. And anytime they come kind of close... The Landsrad gets together and says, "We're gonna fucking destroy your planet if you don't stop." And they back off and they say, "Forget about it. We're sorry. We didn't know." And then, like you know, a hundred years later, they try it again. You know, because they don't. I mean, the, the terror at this point, the terror of the thinking machines is faded. You know, by the time Dune comes around, but it's people still hate machines, but they don't know why. They fear them, and they don't know why. A lot of the records were destroyed, and it's been ten thousand some years. You know, right, so your myth becomes legend, is... legend becomes, you know, you know, like fairy tales. You know, yeah. oh, the machines, ooh, scary, you know, whatever. Right. Meanwhile, you know, Omnius is still out there building a massive empire. Like, ridiculous, because he's had 10,000 years to keep building, 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 building. That's crazy. And robots don't get tired. Right. So it's like billions of ships, you know. Um, it's really kind of neat. The idea of the Gola is an interesting concept. And genetic, and genetic memory, you know, other memory, that's a really cool thing. So it adds a lot to the story. Are clones something that are like, I guess common would be the word? Like, are they like... I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think the Benetelics use them for slaves and oh. body parts, you know, for like extra eyeballs and livers and things like that. But I don't think they're necessarily commonplace. I think they're used as gifts for like very expensive, like expensive gifts for like the rich, basically. Oh, like pet people. Kinda, yeah. Or like, say you have a daughter who's who like dies in some accident or whatever. They just give you a new one. That's fucking with nuts. all of her memories. So That's it's her nuts. Literally, it's so her. Just give you her at the same point. And yep. yes, wow. Age to whatever age you prefer. That's crazy. It's insane. You know the technology. It's how good their technology is too. But they still use their females as. Basically, body tanks to produce these things. It's really creepy, you know. I like the weird shit in that universe. Like Frank Herbert was like really kind of twisted in a weird way, and like almost Lovecraftian. Yes. Oh, yes, indeed. He's really good. 
But I'm looking forward to it. If you haven't seen that trailer, please, I love it, gotta go watch it. If you haven't seen the 84 movie... I think it's on Netflix right now. Go watch it. It's fun to watch. You know, and it's it's not going to be, obviously, it's... You, you should read the books, but you're not going to have time to read the books, I don't think, until the movie comes out. Unless you're home. If you're home and you're not doing anything, listen to the audiobook. Read the book. It's it's a big read, but you know what? It's damn good, and you'll go into this you know, movie knowing what the hell's going on. You know, like, you know, it'll be real. And it's fun. I always find reading the book before seeing the movie is cool, because then I can shit on the movie and not feel bad about it. Like, hey, you, you, what are you doing? That didn't happen. What are you doing? You didn't have a red hat. You had a blue hat. Man, this movie. The movie bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting here eating Cheetos. They're getting fat. Everybody can hear you eating. It's horrible. You're eating chili cheese Fritos. I should never have given you those. I should never again. <laughs> I should know better. Your fatness. Absolutely. That's not good. I'm not yeah, cool. no, I'm uh I'm excited for the movie though. I think it'll be fun. I'm like I'm going in with n- no film knowledge. I have no expectation based on how a movie should look. Yep, that's so, the best way to do it sometimes. Though. So like, and I and I haven't read the story, so I don't know the intricacies of how and why certain things are. So even knowing the basic synopsis you just gave, yeah, that actually took a whole hour. Oh my god, a basic synopsis <laughs> yeah. took a whole hour. Yeah, yeah, that was super basic. Yeah, super basic. How much like more could be made off of that franchise if they actually wanted to? Oh, like tons. Yeah, I mean the six books alone are ridiculous so is is so the movie and the the and this this movie and the 80s one are based on the same first book okay so like, um but this is like this movie's from what i understand what, what uh i can tell it's just the first part of the first book like they're gonna do it in a series yes ah so as far as i know they've got a second movie planned like if it depends. That's how- a good idea though, because if the first movie was three hours and people came away from it like God, it felt like they didn't fill in the the blanks yes. of the story. If you take your time and do a three hour, this is the first third of the book. Yeah, then you can actually pull off a nine hour. This is the book. Oh yeah, like I mean, you can imagine all the Star Wars movies combined is barely going to scratch the surface of this series. I think. Right. You know, like, maybe they might be able to finish it. But if they, if they, I mean, we're talking about 13 massive novels. Right. Six originals and all the extra stuff. Yeah, I mean, stuff. Star Wars, you're averaging two hours, uh, um, two hours, like 15 minutes a movie. Until we get that Lucas cut. What? what? Right. <laughs> and the new movies are the longest ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think, actually, Revenge of the Sith is, like, second longest, but that's... They made that movie long for a reason. That movie had a lot of shit to cram into it. Old man, An- oh, not old man, but like adult Anakin having a kid. That's already enough to tell a whole movie. But like, you know, then you got. I think Last Jedi is longer than Rise. I think. I think Last Jedi is the longest one. Um, but yeah, like they're all, like none of them are three hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shit, the longest Marvel movie is Avengers. Fucking, um, it's. I think it's Endgame. Was it two and a half? I think it's almost three. three? I think yeah. Endgame's three, and I think Infinity War was like two forty-five. It was up there, and uh, like, if they do three Dune movies at three hours to tell that one story, yeah, you're already past like, like you're past four Star Wars. Well, movies. I don't know if they could squeeze like, three out of it because I mean you're. The story moves pretty quick. There's a lot of intricacies, you know. As with most most books, there's a lot of like 
side stories and shit, like explanations and shit like that eat up space, you know, that I don't think would make much sense on the screen. But you know, like, it's like but some of it would. But it's one of the things though. Like until somebody tries it, there's no way of knowing if you would enjoy it on screen because he, he might have, dude might have wrote some goofy shit on the book that you'd be like, how oh, how does uh how is that gonna play out? And uh, like that, that would be weird on screen. But like you, you actually put it to screen with practical effects and like have it look really cool. Oh yeah! Like I wouldn't see it as a terrible thing. I think it'll be kind of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to I, it. I'm curious to see how much. I, I'm curious to see what the fan reaction is for the people that love the book. Oh, I'll be sure. It always books. will. It's always like that. Like you know, like there's you're never even as. as somebody as good as he is you're never gonna do it just like the book and it's always gonna be those whiny little jerks who are just like in, 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 in chapter three Jobby the Hong said this but his you know. nails were clipped and in the book he had his nails at exactly one inch exactly. long exactly yeah so you're gonna see that yeah it's, people are weird like what people don't appreciate shit Momoa uh, looks crazy without his beard man I don't like it I think it's it's kind of like looking at it naked and it freaks me out <laughs> I'm like yeah it's naked boy. Put, get dressed again please put clothes on <laughs> He's creepy. He's a he's a he's a handsome man though. He's he's really nice. And I think he's gonna be really cool like to see in that role. Um and they change they gender swap. So is he like a side hero kind of deal? Yeah. Well that's he's Duncan awesome. he's Duncan Idaho. Oh. That's cool. Yep. If they continue it, he'd they, be super hyped to be the Oh yeah. The hero no one knew. <laughs> no, that that'd be super cool. Uh, who's uh, who's Zendaya playing? Um, she's playing Gurney Halleck, I believe. It's the Dune twenty twenty, uh, which is Paul Atreides' wife. Oh, and then you've got uh, what's her name? Wife before? Okay, or this after? is like uh, this is wife, wife. Like the like he's. I mean, like, is it after he gets to the planet he finds her? He finds her, yeah. Okay, yeah, she's one of the Fremen. Um, yeah, so. Sharon Duncan Brewster is going to be playing uh, Liet Kynes. Who's that? Liet Kynes is this representative of the Emperor um, that's on Arrakis to help figure out, you know, like talk to the Fremen, study how the spice is produced, learn that maybe there's a way to produce it without having to deal with it, you know. Uh, but he goes, uh, he goes native, and his daughter is Chani. But now they've made it a woman, so I'm not <clears throat> precisely sure how this is going to work out. Um, it becomes her mother, maybe, but I don't think that's possible. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know what they're going to do. It was an unnecessary switch. Um, wait, he's so wait, he's it's a boy in the book, yep, yeah, it's a male in the book, and he has a daughter with. One of the he has a wife and he has a daughter and that daughter is Chani who marries Paul Atreides. So I don't know how they're gonna do it. I mean obviously they could just have her be the mother. But um oh. it was an unnecessary change. And it pissed a lot of people off. It was like done. It's kinda dumb. Why did you do it? It doesn't make any sense. It's it's not gonna hurt the story at all, I don't think. I wonder if uh it's one of the things where not enough people of name were auditioning for that role. And she auditioned for a role, but they didn't want to give it to her. I'm kill you! You don't stop crinkling that stuff. You're horrible. Stop it. <laughs> no, I like. I really do think there's a lot of movies where they do that, and the general, like, the general idea behind their switch is it isn't 
we're gonna make a statement. I think the the main idea is like, all right, Zendaya just like tried to be in this movie as this, but we already have this. We can't put her in that spot, but she's fucking awesome. So like, you know, we have like ten other people that are just no names. Let's you know throw her in that's and that spot, tweak the story just a little bit, not enough to break it, and like yeah. hopefully the people will like it. Cause you know, even even like, um, even with the new Batman, like the Gordon thing, it only bothers me the more far they go into it. If they keep Gordon surface level as yeah. that dude from Westworld, yeah, I'm fine with it as long as it's surface level. Yeah, I don't need to see him going home to a Barbara. Yes, like. Please don't do that to me. They will because no, no. <laughs> because they're gonna do Batgirl. They're gonna well, they're gonna try to make more money. I don't know. Bat, same thing DC always Batman's does. Batman's so young in this though that I don't think they would do it. I think they would think that's a risk. What? Because it's Warner Brothers, Catwoman's like eighteen and shit. Like she's like super young. But they're like they're it's. Batman's wearing like knockoff samurai gear. <laughs> it's, War- it's Warner Brothers. They're He's gonna, wearing hockey They're gonna pants. fuck it up. They're gonna fuck it up. They always do. I'm so excited. They're gonna be like, let's have her be, let's have Barbara Gordon, but we'll we'll make her a robot. Whoa! We'll get the robot from from Short Circuit and put a red wing on it. It'll be no one will know. It'll be awesome. It'll be like an inside joke. Do it. You know it's gonna it's gonna be bad. But. Anyway, that's the Dune thing. We thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about it. I blew Mike's, I blew Mike's mind a little you bit. You blew my mind like three times. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's kind of fun. Are you don't eat your chips now in our, in the, our so the ears. Good. That's terrible. It's so good. These people are coming to listen to us. They're paying big money. <laughs> you know, our Patreons are just giving us five bucks. I mean, we make so much money off of Patreon. That's awesome. We don't make any money on our Patreon. Um, all right, well, follow us on Twitter at Fan podcast follow us on instagram at Fan podcast uh we're actually on facebook now on Fan podcast um <laughs> and uh i don't know next time we get together i think we might talk new mutants so that we might watch that yeah um, i still haven't watched it me neither I'm, I'm, I'm afraid shit i'm going to indiana this week i might even attempt to sneak into a theater that's got nobody at it oh god no get, get, don't <laughs> get the rona if i see more than three cars in that parking lot i'm gone <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he just peels out the big I'm, box I'm truck. Can that thing even do that? How is he doing How that? He, he does not that? want that Rona. He's drifting. He's drifting <laughs> in a box truck. Oh, I love it. So, all right, you guys. Well, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.
ये है 